Yeah, guys, uh, we're going to get right into the podcast today. Uh, today, we're joined by a good friend of mine. Um, I would actually almost say my best friend in comedy, to be honest with you. Um, Greg, you know this guy. Uh, he's a, a great comedian. Um, and as Greg plays with the term, with the terminal, like not even fucking paying <laughs> no, attention. No, I am. I'm just playing with the machines. Um but uh, this, uh, our guest today is somebody that I wanted to have on because um, he's been he's he's, he's my, one of my be- he's my best friend in comedy, and uh, yeah, I want to talk to him and uh, see what the, has been going on for the last gosh month and a half. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, on the podcast today is Justin Randall. Yeah, hello. What's up, man? How oh, are you? I'm great. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, it's somewhere like, in the middle. Sure, yeah. sure, sure. Um, you know, if you're listening to this podcast, uh, you're probably a listener for us for a while. So thank you for listening. But if you're not familiar, Justin Randall is a very he's a he's a gay icon. I would say. Oh, I don't know about. That. Okay, maybe not a gay icon, but he is very popular <laughs> in the gay uh, in gay Twitter uh, as well as Instagram and TikTok. Is there a special? Gay Twitter? What a, yeah, it's a, you oh, that's gotta, a gay Twitter, baby. Yeah, you got you got to download it. It's separate. It comes with the, yeah, when you download Grinder. It also happens as well. <laughs> no, it's just the circles. We only follow each other. Oh, the circle of gay Twitter. Yeah, okay. It's right. yeah. Essentially, like these Twitter circles happen because of like people that you follow, and mm-hmm. then the algorithm pretty much says this is who you'd like. Right. That is true. And so it becomes this different beast from let's say somebody that's watching sports all the time oh yeah um there's like no overlap there isn't i don't see i haven't seen a sports tweet in eight years what is your what is your what is your timeline on my feed your feed look like just mostly half naked men or completely naked men (laughs) um half to completely naked men and then tweets about poppers (laughs) do you even know what poppers are (laughs) I, I mean, it's got to be some kind of drug, right? Yeah, yes, you're on the. I was I just writing it. about this last night about how I don't know if straight people know what poppers are. I mean, poppers are trying to be taken over by straight people. Well, what is it? Viagra? What is it? Well, no, Justin, similar. Please. Well, it's an. It's a little. It comes in a little bottle, uh, and it's like a liquid, and you sniff it into your nose. Not you, like inhale it, right? And uh, it gives you like a 60 minute high, and also like loosens your asshole. <laughs> <laughs> So it makes it easier to be penetrated. It's, I have no idea how this substance was discovered and its use was discovered. But. Is it the cat tranquilizer thing? No. No. You're thinking of ketamine. Oh, yeah. That's a right. horse tranquilizer. That's horse tranquilizer. And but that they, is the, big, the two go together. They go hand in hand. They do, but never do poppers and Xanax. No, but poppers wait. and Viagra. Poppers and Viagra. That'll yes. stop your heart. That's what they said when, when ecstasy first started to get popular in like the mid-90s. I know way before your guys' time. What? That it dilates your asshole? Yes. Oh, really? Yeah. Good to know. <laughs> I'll add it to the list. <laughs> um, what? Go ahead. No, I, I, never mind. Why did you get your, dial- your asshole Speechless. dilated? <laughs> no, I, it's funny because I, you know, I, have, I have kids who I don't want to hear this, but when I was in college to go get certain things, I used to have to go to a leather bar. Mm. And the guy that would distribute these things used to always be at the very back of this leather bar. Oh, right. Nice. So, and he was, he knew because he was selling mostly to straight college kids. Right. right? So, all this parade of yuppie BC people in North, you know, from Boston would go into this leather bar and have to walk to the back of the room through a crowded leather bar to get their stuff. Oh, that's right? beautiful. So, you know, they made it known <laughs> when that started going around that this is part of what it supposedly did. Mm. I can't attest to that firsthand knowledge. I just mm-hmm. have heard the rumors. You didn't try it out. I, <laughs> we'll not, take your word for at it. At least I don't remember that. Yeah, right. <laughs> um, it's, it's interesting, you know, like, but, you know, these leather bars back in the day, Greg, I have a question. Like, this was, you know, obviously this was the 1980s, 90s, 90s as well. Much. Excuse me. My apologies. 60s. <laughs> <laughs> but it was like, but, but, you know, being gay was kind of a little bit more being like, it was more acceptable during that time period. Sure. Not only that. So the, I used to work for a nightclub chain in Boston that it was owned by the Lions Brothers. So it was all the stuff that was across the street from Fenway Park, right? Just a lineup of nightclubs. Mm. Cask and Flag, is that part of them or no? That was at the top of the street. Yeah. yeah. They didn't own that one, but okay. the rest of them was Axis and Vias de Milo and Bill's Bar and Lounge, which is there and that now that does comedy right. and a pool hall. So they opened up a gay nightclub, right? Mm-hmm. A, on the other side of Fenway Park. It was absolutely beautiful. It was the nicest, had a roof deck. It was like the first roof deck bar in Boston. Unbelievably wow. cool spot. And they opened it up to cater to the gay crowd. 
within like a month, the college kids took it over. Oh, right. No. But it, they didn't take it over entirely. Sure. So, you, no, no. So you would go. I mean, we, we, I used to go once a week and it was a gay club with a very large straight college crowd that used to hang out there because it was the coolest place in the That's town. the, wow. well, like, that, yeah. the, like, that's tough. And then an intersection of curious college oh, kids yeah, who were I'm, pretending yes. to be straight oh. college kids. Yeah. 100%. Perfect. Those guys the were ones from, they, were, they were from Harvard, just saying. Yeah. What are you talking about? First of all, they're crossing over the water <laughs> to come to this place. So yeah, they, yeah they're probably gay. You're absolutely right. You're absolutely that's right. pretty gay. That's pretty gay. Yeah, they were coming for it. Um, but um bump But yeah. Uh, uh, but guys, uh, you know, it, it, you know, Justin, very popular. Um, but um, the last month has been quite uh, the interesting month for you. Oh yeah, has it not been? And um, if you follow Justin, you're listening to this podcast. You're probably wondering what's been going on with him. And you know, I had a conversation with Justin last night, and I was like, "Hey, man, like, you know, you can only say so much in 280 characters mm-hmm. and several replies. Yeah. Like, I'm sure there's a, a good." portion of your fan base that wants to see how you are and how you're feeling um but if you want to kind of get into it a little bit about uh what you've been going through yeah well it's also interesting the whole the whole internet thing is interesting because i feel like i've had friends who've kind of given me feedback that are they're like are you sure you want to share that kind of thing on the internet oh i went to rehab by the way (laughs) let's just let's just point to the elephant went to rehab uh it was great highly recommend the food was awesome um and uh and then i tweeted about it and it's kind of but the thing is i'm a stand-up comic so it's like I'm going to talk about it to audiences night after night. So the why wouldn't I put it on the internet? But the internet has this weird permanency and sure. you don't get to it. Like you said, it's limited characters. So that's a weird dichotomy to deal with. It kind of feels like I, it feels like oversharing on the internet and it doesn't on stage. Right. Uh, Let's, uh, I mean, most of our, uh, you know, most of our listeners, you know, uh, they want to know. Um, and if we can ask, what did you go for the rehab for? I went for uh, really mental health, not substance abuse, although I am like an addict and alcoholic, but I I was five and a half years sober when I went to rehab. Um, So you were sober and you only went into rehab for... Um, mental health for my brain yeah <laughs> it was, so you can do that you can do that yeah actually I, I specifically went to a place that had like a two houses so to speak and one was for substance abuse and one was for mental health and i went to the mental health one you, so was it only meant to be 30 days or uh yeah so yeah do you have a like do they how does that work do that do you check yourself in obviously yes and then you say i want to be here for a month and that's it come hell or high water let me out or do they say okay it's time for you to go uh really your insurance tells you it's time for you to go (laughs) so your insurance tells you exactly how many minutes you're allowed on the premises so (laughs) it's like all dictated by that but they're like justin wasn't getting breakfast for the last couple of days (laughs) i was cleaning the floors you have an extra day or you have breakfast yeah so they uh yeah, they every rehab place I think has like a different program length, and mine just happened to be thirty days, and then was approved by the insurance. And so I actually pushed it; I stayed a little extra because I, I, I had a chaotic week, and I felt like I didn't get the recovery I needed because I fucked my roommate. <laughs> what? Wait, wait, I mean, listen, I'm going to act surprised for most yeah. of our listeners here. You mean your roommate in, in rehab? rehab. Yup. And it was a disaster. Wait a second. So wait, you, so now, mind you, and and listen. Are you sure this was rehab and not like hedonism? <laughs> yeah, it was summer camp. That's what it was. Let's paint the picture a little bit, though. So you're going to rehab. You're splitting a room with somebody. Yeah. And so what? I mean, and then he's a cute guy, and we're both gay. What? I mean, what do you think is going to happen? Right. Hello. That's a, little, what, that's a little weird, though, that they would. Well, first of all, he was closeted. So even if they were to ask, he wouldn't have told them he was gay. Right. And second of all, they didn't ask. So it is a little weird that they don't Don't ask. ask, They should ask. (laughs) They should be like, are you two going to (laughs) fuck? And that, I guess, I guess there was, they wouldn't put a guy and a girl in a room. No, that's the point. Right. Yeah. And so it's so, so there was, there was an issue and yeah, it was just, it turned really dramatic and chaotic and, uh, and it would, it was like a very, it was a very enclosed, intense environment, and drama ensues when like sex gets involved. And 
we were no longer roommates. So anyway, I stayed like five extra days. So had you not become roommates? What did we, he, he moved out. We had a talk and, and we were like, this is yeah, not working. (laughs) (laughs) Not working. So what did he go to like the headmaster and be like, "Mm." We had several meetings with the headmaster. <laughs> I love we you. really This did. is sounding so much more and more like a porn now. <laughs> it sounds like Harry Potter. <laughs> oh, Harry. I feel as though I can tell you anything. It does. Uh, oh, yeah. The Dumbledore, what Dumbledore was, was throbbing. <laughs> Ron and Harry. <laughs> Just fan yeah. fiction of fucking Harry Potter. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Um, so, Justin, you're, you're you're in there, and I mean, how I, what was the breaking point for you to say, all right, I need I need to go to rehab? Oh God, you really want to know the answer to that? I mean, I I I know the answer, but oh, do you sure. want? I mean, yeah. Listen, you have you have a. I mean, you you tweeted out mm-hmm. that you went on this journey for the last month, mm-hmm. and the support that I saw. From that, whether it be retweets, quoted retweets, likes, replies, people, you know, supporting you and saying it's okay to talk about mental health. Yeah. You know, we had the conversation last night. Um, what are you willing to talk about? Yeah. On, you know, and listen, we don't have to get into too oh, fine of a detail, but what was that point when you were like, all right, I need to go and yeah. check in? Well, oh, well, first I want to say about the support. It really has actually been amazing. I have, when we, we went to the bar the other night and yeah. the, before you got there, I think it was the same night, the DJ came left the dj stand walked across the bar said are you justin randall i want to let you know i follow you and i'm so proud of you and i support you and i'm happy for you holy can i give you a hug and then like yesterday someone in the west village stopped me on the street and said are you the social media guy and said i just want to let you know i'm I'm really happy you're doing better and blew me a kiss it was just been crazy oh my gosh it just like warms my heart it's very vulnerable but i'm like a genuinely is like human connection and these and people care right. so that's been amazing like very humbling but i um yeah the point that i knew i needed help was like i've i've honestly dealt with depression like my whole life since i was like 13 and i've dealt with like suicidal ide- suicidal ideation my whole life you know just kind of fantasizing about it imagining um uh but it really took like a turn before I went to rehab where like I was in a very depressed state and started entering like the planning stage where I was starting to get practical. Like how am I going to make this happen? And I was like on my phone starting to look things up. And as I did that, I got a text from two of my friends. They're married and they said, we're in your neighborhood. Can we hang out? Like, the exact moment in time. Wow. And I was like, that's not a coincidence. It's not a coincidence. And so that was an, that like sign was enough for me to tell them that I needed help and ask if I could stay at their house for a couple of days. Mm-hmm. And they came over and said yes and got me and they f- cleaned my room for me and took me to their house and they sat with me while I called to set up the, the how is that moment that you're, you're you're up there and you've got your two friends who by kismet mm-hmm. you know whether it be a higher power or whatever yeah comes to your door and like helps you clean up i mean are you breaking emotionally at that point i think at that point i was actually pretty numb but i was also like really in awe i was like so grateful right i was so grateful Wait, so when you go into rehab for that, right? Mm-hmm. It ha- is it like super intense on trying to in 30 days? Cause that's all your insurance allows you to be there for to figure out as best you can, like how you got to that place. Mm, that's a good question. Um, kinda, it kinda is. I mean, I just think they have like a program set up and the program is intense in general. Like, right. From like 8 a.m. to like 7 p.m., you have programming, which is like hours, hour chunks of classes and group therapy. Once a week, you have individual therapy. Once a week, you have a appointment with your psychiatrist. Uh, so it's just like it's just like constantly getting in touch with yourself and 
sharing with the people there. And then all of your freaking free time is spent with the people going through the same process. So your conversation tends to hinge on that kind of thing, especially with your close friends that you make. So you're kind of always figuring it out. I guess it kind of depends on how much work you're putting into it, though. Well, let me ask something. Was this your first time in rehab? Yes. It was. Yeah. What about therapy? No. Been in therapy for years. <laughs> Seven made, years. So what made this four weeks different from that? seven years worth of therapy um i would say two things one would be community it was like 28 people just so close-knit surrounded all the time and for me personally and i know for a lot of people like a big symptom of depression is isolation so when you're depressed you will I will isolate, go in my room, shut the door, stay there for freaking days, maybe leave to do comedy, but then go back um, and drag myself to the comedy show if I'm depressed. Um, and this was like all I had to do was just not go up to my room every half. If I just stayed put, I was surrounded by people. And I just did that for 30 days over and over. Just don't go to my room. And your the work is already done. So, like, it breaks the isolation and you're connecting with people. And the second thing was that I my therapy has largely been, like, the, my focus has been, like, kind of spiritual and, like, emotional and, and inward. And what I learned there was a lot of practical stuff. Like, what what are you going to do practically when shit hits the fan, when you're triggered, when you're upset, like they say things like, like literally take a cold shower if you're freaking out because physiologically it will switch your body mm -hmm. and get you out of the emotion. So I was like learning all of these coping skills that I'd never even thought about in it's my like life. Bare grills for like depression. Kind of, yeah. Do they, was it like a lot of breathing and Breathing was one of is one of the things that they teach you to do. One of the practical coping skills they call it paced breathing. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, you I, you talk like you know this, Greg. A little bit. I know a little bit. <laughs> you know a little bit about rehab. A little bit about ecstasy. Uh, no, I don't know about rehab. Oh, okay. But I know about psych, psych, psychological therapy. Oh, okay, <laughs> okay. okay. So, yeah. I mean, I I did it for years. I don't. Oh, know, okay. I, I think at this point in twenty twenty two. Like there's more people in therapy than there are not in therapy. That's probably true, right? You know, it's funny. I'm yeah. not in therapy. At least you, you need to be in New York. Yeah, that's, <laughs> I've been telling that for years. Like, like there's, girl, there's, there's at least seven therapies you should probably go into. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just start with one. Yeah, just just baby steps. Yeah. Fucking baby steps. Na. <laughs> yeah. No, but like a big part of it when I went, and I went for years, years. And every time I went to several different psychologists or psychiatrists, and it, everyone got to a point where like, all right, you're fine. You should leave. You mm. know, I don't, there's nothing we're getting out of this anymore. And mm. then that would last for a while and be like, that was weird. So then I would start going to another one. We'd get to the same point. But every one of them, it was largely like the first month I would go, it would be about breathing. And how to Interesting. Like calm yourself with breathing exercises. Well, were you having, uh, I'm just curious, were you struggling with anger? No. No? No. Oh. No. It, I, ha I went through se different, lots of different series of panic attacks. Oh. Really? It was oh. anxiety. Oh, my God. Okay. Ridiculous. I had no idea about that. Oh, insane. Like, I, I lived on 31st Street in Lexington for years. Mm -hmm. And my office was on 36th Street and 5th Avenue. Mm -hmm. My parents lived in New Jersey, northern Jersey. And it got to a point that I would literally go home after work. My dad would drive me because I work for my father. He would drive me to my apartment. He would go home to New Jersey. I would go into my apartment. I would smoke a ton of weed. Mm -hmm. And then at like 11 o'clock at night, I would get in my car and I would drive to my parents' house in New Jersey. Really? Just to sleep. And then oh. I would get up in the morning. I would drive back to my apartment. You could have just dressed. had your dad drive you home. <laughs> I know. But, I needed but then you that, couldn't have smoked the weed. I needed that time to like do my own thing but yeah. then I, I was afraid to be alone right? yeah and then I would go to my parents house. yeah and it took like three years to get out of that wow and eventually it just did just went away that's good just went away really that's hardcore yeah. I had no idea about that Greg um, yeah, thank you for sharing. That. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's what oh, we're going to We're here for you. <laughs> <laughs> we're here for you. <laughs> um, you know, Justin, I want to kind of rewind to that day that you decided to go because um, you know you went in for you know mental health, 
and um, we were going to go hang out that oh, day. Oh, yeah, we were. And I remember talking to you. Yeah. And I remember specifically saying to you how to kill yourself. Yeah. And uh, it was, <laughs> it's been something. I felt so bad for you ever since that. I um, <laughs> I, I, I don't know, like, uh, and Justin and I are very close. Um, I mean, I sent I sent letters. Well, one of them he didn't get. Yeah. But one of them he didn't send. I totally <laughs> did. I sent it from Singapore. I had I printed sent it from Singapore. Have you I, heard he, anything that sounds more I, like he a actually lie? told me he did. Oh, he, he okay. actually did. Okay. I, I okay, can okay, attest okay. to him saying yeah, I wrote right. Justin a letter. Yeah. yeah, I didn't get any fucking letters. You we weren't in fucking rehab. Yeah, I'll go. I, just, I need some letters. Maybe you should go. We talk to each other almost like twice Hourly. a week. Twice yeah. a week. Three times a week. We talked a lot. But um, oh, when you were away, yeah, yeah. I, I will say that that has been always on my head. And I, yeah. I, I you know, I don't think I mentioned it. And, you know, I, I, I mention it now because not for the ratings, but just also it just kind of popped in there. Well, you, Actually, that's interesting. I literally just made a video that I tweeted out about this is similar about how every night on stage I make a joke about coming out to my parents and everyone laughs and laughs. But that was like one of the most traumatic experiences of my sure, life. Sure. And so there's a part of me that wants to be earnest about it and be serious about it and be sad about it. Um, and what you and I were doing on the phone, I was like, dude, I'm depressed. I want to kill myself. And so we did what we do, which is make jokes we about did. it. I told we make you, jokes about everything. I told you what I would do if I was like. It was, was a joke, though. I know. And we but, joke. And that's OK. But then we also have to be serious about things. So it's like. Can I guess what he said? Oh, my God. Yeah, me, good luck. Autoerotic asphyxiation. <laughs> oh, actually, that would have been more clever than what he said. No, it was. I, I got really dark. I was like, I know. Darker I, 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 than no, strike. No, I don't even want to say it. I don't even want to talk about it. Well, you don't it. have to say it. I don't want to, but like, it was something that has been weighing on my head. And there's that moment where you think about it. And I'm sitting. Mind you, you tell me that you're going to rehab. Yeah, we joked about suicide. And two hours later, I told you I'm going to rehab and for I'm suicide stuff. And I'm sitting with a friend yeah. four blocks away. Not yeah. even, maybe even two blocks away from you. And yeah. you're telling me that you're going through this. And my heart sank. I know. It fucking did. I mean, it's fucking tough to talk about even mm. now. What do you, like... I don't think even... Was I knew that a how trigger? serious it was until I knew how serious it was. Was that a trigger, though? Like, no. It wasn't. I can joke about anything at almost any time. I really can. I really can. Even if it's, I mean, I could probably be killing myself and be joking about it. I'm serious. So, uh, no, it wasn't a trigger. But I also think that I didn't realize until I realized that I was like, oh, shit, this is real. Because what happened, should I just say, I was Googling. No, I don't actually want to say because I don't okay. want to suggest what people should sure, Google. Sure, let's but I was Googling something. something and that was when I was like, oh, God, we've crossed a line. Right. Um, and that was like a couple hours after our phone conversation. But uh, <sighs> it was a pretty rapid descent. Yeah, it was. it was hard. But you know what I learned? I got I, so here's the deal is like to your point of like, are you trying to figure shit out in the 30 days that you're there? I actually did. Right. I got a new diagnosis. I had had a, a bipolar disorder diagnosis for like three years. I'm on all of this medication. I'm on lithium, Abilify, antidepressants. It's not clearly working. Right. It's not really doing shit. And I go to rehab and after like four weeks, we finally like emerge with a new diagnosis that makes so much sense, which is borderline personality disorder and it like i fit every one of the criteria for diagnosis and it's like been a major relief to get the diagnosis because now i know what treatment i need right. and what to do so for me personally it feels like rehab is the best thing i ever did for myself because now i know i kind of like know what my issue is i know right. why i was so depressed that day i know what was going on and there's like a specific type of therapy for borderline, which is called DBT. And it focuses large, like borderlines like have rapid, intense mood swings, not like bipolar where it's more prolonged. They're like hours at a time and they can go straight to suicidal ideation and stuff. And DBT really focuses on getting you out of 
those in really practical ways and you know, helping you. Th- we talked about that Patton Oswald bit mm-hmm. where he's walking through the supermarket and the uh, uh, Toto's Africa is playing in the background <laughs> and he's looking at lean cuisine. Yeah. And he's reading lean cuisines and all of a sudden it just overcomes him. He's like, I just want to fucking put a fucking gun in my mouth and I relate my to that so down. hard yeah. like it's is it that does it and can I ask have you had thoughts since coming out of the closet or out of rehab I don't, just, I don't know <laughs> have you had thoughts coming out of rehab um, of, of hurting yourself uh, yeah sure yeah. have yeah but like I said with the diagnosis actually it's a great relief because I'm not taking them as seriously because I'm like, oh, this is a symptom of a thing that I have. Right. This is not my whole world. This is not. This is not like going so, to last forever. How, how how do you protect yourself from that thought going too far? Well, I haven't started the therapy yet, so at this point, I'm kind of shooting in the dark. Right. Um, I mean, I'm reading about it, and I have what I learned in rehab which are certain things. And I would say the primary thing I do is I will talk to someone. Like if I'm in a dark place, I will talk to a friend um, and get out of it, get it out of my head. Uh, Go on a walk, um, you know, change the scenery, that kind of thing. Eat something, (laughs) like, (laughs) I don't know, do anything. But even just knowing, oh, this isn't going to last forever. Also, this is normal for someone who has what I have. It's been very helpful. And there's medication to kind of stabilize those moods. There's medication that helps the moods. Right. Borderline personality disorder famously really can't be treated by medication. Really? Yeah, because it's not a mood disorder. It's not a chemical imbalance. Uh, but you can treat the symptoms. So you can treat the anxiety. You can treat the depression. It reminds me of uh, A Beautiful Mind where he kind of realizes I'll that... watch more movies. Yeah, the, how uh, that those are all hallucinations. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And he just mm. kind of lives with it at that point. Yeah. It's very interesting to kind of like to have that realization. So... Therapy was good. Rehab was good. Yeah. You went for 30 days and then plus a little bit more, you said? Yeah, like 35. 35. You come back to New York City. Yeah. Friday night. Oh, God. Are you going to get into this? We can if you want to. Oh, my God. Yeah. Then I I had five and a half years sober. I relapsed. Yeah. So let's... Three days after getting back from rehab. So... Well, but this is a good story. So let's 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 rewind a little bit. Let's let's kind of take our listeners. Is that even what you were going to say? Yeah. Oh, okay. But let's take our listeners on a journey. You just talked about it, but you have been clean and sober from yeah. drugs and alcohol specifically. Yeah. Yes. Class A drugs. So wait, t- t- no everything. What? Wait. So what? What are you clean and sober from? Everything, but caffeine and cigarettes. So weed of. Coke, Coke, alcohol. I mean, we go to we go to bars. (laughs) No more poppers. We go to bars. He's drinking Red Bull. Yes, and if there's no Red Bull, Diet Coke. Yeah, yeah. So what happened? Well, I want to. Okay. You you let's go back to you realizing and you were what were you back five six years ago six years ago right yeah you were drinking to excess you were yes I I was drinking every night. Were you living in New York? Yeah. Living in New York, drinking every night, drinking alone, drinking in the gay bar. Oh, and the poppers, honey. The poppers. <laughs> I was just talking to a friend about our poppers use today. And like I used to I just was such a poppers queen. Oh my God. I would do poppers alone. I would do poppers on the way to a hookup. I would like inhale them and hold them in my lungs as I'm like walking to the hookup. And by the time I got to the door, I was just out of my mind. <laughs> Yeah, we so you were doing this shit. for five years, six years, and when was that realization? We were like, or I mean, well, I was, besides I mean, I was poppers, drinking for like drinking eight years. I eight think. Years? Yeah. What is a popper? Like, what is it? What is what it? is a popper? Um, it comes in a little bottle that's labeled Rush. VCR cleaner. Yeah, but What's they it sell oh, it as so VCR cleaner because it's, it's not even really legal. So 
they used to sell that stuff in the village. They sell yeah. it in bodegas still. Yeah. Right, called head rush. Yeah, yeah. it's called yeah. rush. It's called rush, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, so yeah. you just screw the cap yeah. off. It was like, you plug oh, no, I, no, no, oh, okay, I know exactly okay. what, what When oh, I was what in high school, we used to buy that shit. I guess like that's crazy. the sound your hole makes. <laughs> 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 Popper, but, yeah. I hardly know her. Listen, that, yeah, we used to buy that in all the bodegas in the village and oh, yeah. this village everywhere like the little bo- yes in all the head shops yeah. everywhere and then you go dance and yeah I never really I don't know I never really did besides give me a fucking headache <laughs> they will give you a headache that's so true so you're drinking you're you're doing poppers are you you're, you're are you are you are you smoking weed yeah I was smoking weed but I had to quit that for a job sure. and then my drinking escalated because I was not wow. medicating with weed got it got it so when you were you know partying like how how bad was it was it like a a legit like every day you were wasted no i wasn't wasted every day i was probably wasted like two nights a week and then i was drinking every day to be to the point of being lightly drunk so like alone like a bottle of wine alone every night or like so a little thing like, of whiskey. I don't remember what you call it a fifth. So a f- yeah, flask. Like, like a suburban yeah. suburban housewife. Yes, exactly. Yeah. Actually, yeah. yeah, just like that. I sometimes I would like try to pace my drinking, so I would take white wine and mix it with seltzer, <laughs> and be which, like, I'm not drinking as much. Which is funny because what you're describing is the average. Can I, can I tell you something Go funny? Ahead. So when I w- this is just to the white wine. Thing. Mm-hmm. I don't even know if you said white wine. I did. Um, when I was in college, me and my roommate, we every day we used to go to the liquor store and each of us would buy a 1.75 liter bottle oh, of white Jesus Zinfandel, Christ. right? And we would go home and we would sit in our living room and watch the Celtic games. Why are you eat, drinking white it, Zin? Just listen. It was okay. like $4 a gigantic bottle. Oh my God. So we would drink it over ice. <laughs> <laughs> oh my god that sounds that sounds like a headache oh believe me oh and then we would go out after we drank our 1.75 <laughs> you would <laughs> each like take it like a, like, oh like a mad dog god that's, yeah, basically, that's such basically. a heavy uh, feeling of the wine is a heavy drunk i mean so, but it's a different kind of drunk though wine yes as opposed it's to a like, slurry drunk like i'm a scotch drinker and i'm a vodka drinker scotch and vodka are also different from each other yes they are yeah. very different but i mean you're drink- like the, the the way that you're talking about your drinking habits six years ago mm-hmm. is very similar to what normal people do anyway. Yeah, maybe. I was gonna say it's John's Thursday, but I you know it's funny. I don't actually drink as much. I don't like. I had a sip of alcohol today, but tonight I probably won't have any booze. Tomorrow I won't have any booze, but I'll go out on one night and I will fucking yeah. You're what make- they call a binge drinker. Yeah, I will make up for it. Yeah, I um I don't know they. They talk about your bottoms when you get sober, and um, I'm not talking about the gay kind. They, um, they, and some people fucking lose their car, lose their job, lose their house. I had what I would call a spiritual bottom, which is that I was like spiritually empty because I was drunk every night, period. And it just wasn't working for me. So... What do you do when you find that spiritual bottom? What did you do? You went to... I went to my therapist and said, am I crazy if I go to AA? And he was like, nope, and handed me a list. <laughs> and I was wow. like, okay. No and taken. so from then, from handing you that list... Then I went to a gay meeting, uh-huh. and I never stopped going. And you just kind of went cold turkey. Yeah. Since that day. I, went, I went to like three meetings a day for like 90 days. Do you remember the date? Yeah, it was October 20th. It was my sobriety date. Until I fucked it up. (laughs) Well, can we talk about that? Let's take a quick break. Okay. And then we'll come back for that. Sure. I'll take a pause. (coughs) Are you okay? Like a hard pause? No. I mean, we can still keep recording. I was just going to... So you can put in any filler, any drop-in that you want to after that. You want me to hit pause? No, you don't have to hit pause. But I'm just saying, like, that gives you a more... I think we should keep this rolling. The moment you step off the plane, you'll be greeted by a tropical breeze. Imagine your toes in the sand, the sound of the ocean, an ice-cold drink. Take a horseback trip, a guided tour through the tropical islands. New men in brushless shave with menthol. All right. I kind of needed that break for a little bit Mm -hmm. because, you know, there's a little bit of me that, you know, as an interviewer wants to ask questions because I know, one, I want to know about these things because Greg even said to it, to to his own effect, I mean, I should go to therapy. But let's be honest, 
as my best friend, you have been my therapist. I mean, just a little bit about the relationship that Justin and I have. Like, Justin has been what we call like my mensch. Um, he helped me come out to my parents. He helped me come out. He was one of the first people I came out to. I thought um, Scaramucci his, helped you come out to your parents. No, he really. I mean, yeah, Scaramucci <laughs> did. Just he was. He was on a podcast, and like I remember when I wasn't telling my parents about anything, oh, but they yeah. would know. But yeah, like. Yeah, Justin was a little bit, you know, he was he was he was he was that friend and he's always been there for it. So, I had to take that break because I know what I want to ask. Yeah. But I don't want to pull too many strings. Sure. To have the seams come out. Yeah. Because we're going to talk about something that is uh, for you and for a lot of people that um, are recovering in mm-hmm. addicts that this is a hard thing to talk about. Yeah. Um, it's a stumbling block. Yeah. Um, it's you know, as many people call it a failure. Um, you relapsed. Yeah, I did. 24 hours after landing in New York City. <laughs> Basically. It's the city that never sleeps. That's right. <laughs> What's funny, I wasn't sleeping. Let's just put it no, this way. I was sleeping. Let's just put it this way. I dropped, so you stayed, and, and let's let's pull back the curtain a little bit. Yeah. You stayed with me the night you came in. Came yeah. in a Newark airport, all right? Because yeah. you're my best friend. I was like, if you're comfortable and you don't want to go back to your place, you can come home with me. And my mom was there. My sister was there. We went bowling. We had a great time. Oh, it was great. We had great, great time. Yeah. We ended up going. We watched. Um, what movie did we, we watch? We watched Devil Wears Prada, baby. I know. It was, and it was very good. It was so, a very good oh, movie. Oh, shut up. You didn't like it. I was, it was okay. There was, he was the, pretending just then. Towards the end, I was like a little drunk and I'm like, okay, I get it. No, that movie's amazing. It's, I liked it. I actually it's liked it. such a good movie. I've, I've never like actually it. watched it in its entirety. Really? It's on TV so oh, much. Do yourself a favor. I'll, I'll, okay, I'll, funny story. So there's a moment because who was the assistant, the second assistant? Emily Blunt. Emily Blunt. Yeah. So there's a there's there's uh, there's an Oscar part uh, an Oscar uh, thing about uh, presentation on costumes and Emily Blunt and uh, the other assistant are on stage or no what's her name what Emily, Oscar it was it, she was presenting an Oscar Emily Blunt and um, who's the main character what's Anne her name? Hathaway and Anne Hathaway were presenting an award oh okay and they were like hi Meryl and they went both went back in the character yes I remember that and it was very good but anyway, yeah. anyway I digress a little so bit so you had context for that finally yes I did that's I did. good so um, we had a great day yeah the next day we went to the spa we mm-hmm. hung out relaxed Mm-hmm. Steam room, hot tub, ha, ball what, soup. What do you, you like to call ha, it? What's your? I mean, I obviously know because you guys went and go, but I have a thing about public hot tubs with strangers. Oh, do you? Yeah, I do not have that thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I know. I, I, I seek it out, baby. <laughs> <laughs> Depending on the stranger. Like, and I'll tell you, it all stems from going on cruises. Oh, right? it's like if you've have you been on a cruise? Yeah. yeah. Do you do? Do you work cruises? No. Okay, but you've been on a cruise. So yeah. you've walked by the hot tub. And I don't even seen... remember if my shitty-ass Carnival Cruise had a hot no, tub. No, it did. It did. <laughs> oh, it did? It did. Oh, it has to. It has I had to. a threesome at my cruise on the deck of the cruise ship. Oh, my God. Was it with staff? It, nope. It was me and my my roommate at the time. I have a thing for roommates, clearly. And Jesus. the only other gay on the ship. <laughs> we found him. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Anyway, we did not go to the hot tub. So okay, so shocking. Yeah, we leave this. We leave, and I'm like, all right, I'm gonna go back to the city. Yeah, and I literally, I said to him, I left his apartment, and I said, okay, see you at seven p.m. We'll have dinner, do the eight o'clock show, do a five minute set to kind of warm up, because right. you're hosting on Saturday. Yeah. What happened in that time frame? Oh, I went to a grinder hookup. As I mean, predictable. Um, I'll just say. What's up with, what, what, are you? Should you be going and doing grinder hookups right now? I don't know. Probably not. I think the safe answer is probably not. Probably not. <laughs> I would say everyone in my life has said probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but have I, have I done eight in the last week? Yes. <laughs> um, and I. That's, that's one point two five per day. Yeah, that sounds about right. Um, and I. The grinder hookup gave me something without my knowledge, and that led to a relapse. So, can I can I ask you a, just a gay question? Yeah. Um, oh, I'm excited. So, how long has Grinder been around? Oh, that is a good question. I would say eight years. 
No, I think it's been around for like 10. Okay, because Tinder's been around for 10 years. It's, yeah, I think Grindr's it came out around. the same time. Okay. To be honest. I remember people on Grinder when I was in my very early 20s. Okay. So, and, and you've been out for. Pre-dad. Since I was like 23. No, Grinder so, predates me. Oh, it does. Me. Okay, yeah. then my question is irrelevant. Yeah. Okay. But I, there was I a was time. I the question. <laughs> I know there was a time when I was out when I was scared of Grinder. So there right. were like two years when I did not use Grinder, And okay. I would have to go to the gay bar and so that's pick my people question. up the real that's way. That's my question. So has, I mean, obviously Grinder has made it considerably easier to have meaningless hookups. Yes. Right. How, how does, how is that different from like, going out to a gay bar it's way less scary because you don't have to go up and talk to them and it's so funny that you ask this because mm. i used to go out to the bars and pick people up before i used grinder but i was drunk off my a right. and then never did it again when i got sober because it's too scary and then in my 24-hour relapse i went to the gay bar and picked a guy up <laughs> and went home with him that's all i needed i mean and yeah. 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 I have a witness. Let's just put it that way. So, okay. I have so many questions. <laughs> Friday night, he comes to the bar. You come back to the club. Yeah. And well, first of all, you 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 relapse. Yeah. And I call you. Mm-hmm. Well, actually, you text me, and I don't know. Can I read the text? Well, technically, Friday night. Maybe you don't want to read the text, but Friday okay. night, I hadn't technically relapse yet i had been given something without my knowledge right okay so that's not relapsing no i relapsed the next day when i wanted to keep the party going well let's talk about before that Mm -hmm. so we go out and you're i mean here's the thing justin this is a justin that i've seen fleeting moments of yeah but you seemed very happy yeah. And I know that it was a chemically uh, induced. Yeah, it's happy. chemically induced. But is there no middle ground for you? I don't know. Micro dosing mushrooms. <laughs> I would love to do that, but there's no micro in me. It's all or nothing. So tell me about that. You so, know, uh, as I, an addict, a, we, a lot of like a lot of people say that. But yeah, I. And, or, I mean, do you know? You know about. My, I'm not trying to. I just you know to that if I have mushrooms. a little of something, I want more. I've right. done shrooms in my life. Right, but you, you know how they say now, microdosing mushrooms is like it, people that have mental health issues, like microdose mushrooms, and it it levels out their head. It's I not. It's, it's not. Ta- it's not taking enough mushrooms to have a, a psycho. A yeah, but my trip. problem is that if I have a little bit of the mushrooms, no, no, I'm not convincing you to no, do it. No, I know. I'm just gonna. I'm gonna want 14 mushrooms. Yeah. No, I get. But it. I, I. 100% believe that if I could manage to have a little bit of mushrooms, it would right. probably even me out. Yeah. Well, yeah. that's what, yeah, this, yeah. I mean, I hear I all these things about it. Yeah. I do it. Yeah. Do it. Like, <laughs> <laughs> um, so, this was that. I'm back, baby. I'm three days back. But this is, the, but we talk about this, but. Does that mean I you start you over? I find that yeah. healthy balance. Totally over. Well, you don't lose the the knowledge you gained in sobriety and the know how of staying sober, but you got to start your day count over. Well, how? Um, so let's go to Saturday. What is Saturday? Saturday was the day that I relapsed. That you relapsed. Did you go and you went out and you purchased? Yeah. And you took. Yeah. And how that feel? Um, great, but it was like I knew I knew too much. Right. They talk about well, uh, they talk about in recovery, like you have a belly, a head full of recovery and a belly full of alcohol. Mm-hmm. It's like miserable because you know too much. So yeah. like I had an awareness that like, oh god, this is never going to be enough. I'm always going to want more. I'm never going to want to be sober. Right. Oh, this is a this is a losing game. And that's pretty much what brought me back. I was like, I'm just going to be, in, I'm going to be chasing this forever unless I just get sober again. And so was it a shame that kind of like washed over, I guess? Not even. I really haven't felt ashamed really at all really? in this whole ordeal. Now, I'm an addict and alcoholic. What, what, what do you expect? Right. Who cares? Who cares? Yeah. It was a day of my life. Right. Um, yeah, but it was just an yeah. awareness that I, I'm, 
I can't, I'm not going to be able to manage it ever in a realistic way. Right. So sobriety is really the only manageable option for me. Right. So, and you're content with that and you're happy with that. Yeah, I'm happy with that. I think once I get the therapy I need, uh, I will be happier because I will be able to manage my emotions as well. Right. And that is what I was missing because I, I wasn't managing my emotions. So, yeah. I mean, Justin, your fans know you as being very funny. Um, and topless. Well, and topless. That is so true. You looked at his, I think you looked at his, were you looking at his Instagram profile? And no, I like, <laughs> it pops up all the time. I'm like, there there is. No I'm shirt so on. Sorry. No, it's but so it's slutty. Like, yeah, actually, some people are like, I can't open up Twitter. Yeah, that's what Kevin Hurley said. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Sorry to drop his name like that. That doesn't matter. Um, but at the same token, it's like, you know, your fans know you as somebody's going to give thirst traps, that's going to give them funny content, funny material, that is a comedian. And you were very vulnerable. You know, talking about it, and I know a lot of people are gonna, you know, they're gonna want to listen to this because they want to make sure that the person that they like is is okay. Mm-hmm. What do you have to say to everyone? Um, I would say I'm I am okay, um, and I'm actually I'm actually really grateful that uh, things unfolded the way they did because they got me to honestly a diagnosis i don't want to be too simplistic about it but like my just my some people are split on the diagnosis thing some people are kind of anti-diagnosis but my thing is like until i knew i was an alcoholic i didn't know what the problem was and i didn't know what the solution was which is sobriety and how to get sober and until i know what my problem is with my mental health i don't know how to start fixing it and so i look at the road that i was on and i i feel like i'm grateful for the way that it went because it got me to where I am now and I have support and I'm learning a lot and I'm opening up about it and trying to be honest and hoping that maybe it can help other people. There's no shame. There's no shame. People want to stigmatize mental illness and mental health. I don't health. know if they do anymore though, because it's so incredibly I No, common. I will be honest with you in my, in my family, um, diagnosis and, you know, stiff upper lip and gritting it is mm. still an art. It's it's still a way of you know of, of some areas uh, for some families. No, um, right, but like I mean, you can't turn on a television and and watch anything without a, a mental health awareness commercial. Sure, that's or, true. Of course, anything coming up that's it's that's, definitely but better. it still you know, can be stigmatized in groups of friends and families. Yeah. There's oh, sure. so many times and also people are scared of it. Yeah. That is still true. For sure. Well, I mean, listen, 20 years ago, maybe longer, you know, when I was in high school, that if if someone's mom or dad was going to see a psychiatrist mm-hmm. or they were on Xanax or Valium or something, it was like, ooh, Shimmy's sure. mom is on Valium. Don't piss yeah. her off. Right, 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 right. Yeah. Now, like, I mean, I every mom and dad I know, I would say 90% of them are on some right. type of medication for mental health. It's also, uh, I think it's regional though, too. Like in the Midwest, yeah, they, no, they're just grew up, they don't on, believe in, th- my family, they're on I don't want to say they all. <laughs> yeah, right? <laughs> they're all, met, that's their, that's their, oh God, I miss um, math sometimes. No, I'm oh God. <laughs> I mean, listen, my, I, I said to my parents <clears throat> once, like, why don't you believe in therapists? And they said, because, going to a therapist implies something is wrong. And I was like, bitch, something is wrong (laughs) with all of us. Listen, both my kids have gone for different types of mental health therapy in their teenage years. Mm. And, you know, part of, you know, there's such a, in high school at least, there's such a quick trigger to say these kids have some type of learning disability that's very quick to be diagnosed. And then the first thing they do is put them on Adderall. Mm -hmm. Right. Right. And, you know, putting a 13, 14, 15 year old kid on a drug that clearly, if you're legal, exactly. You know, you take it, you know, you're on something for eight Mm -hmm. hours of the day. You're Mm -hmm. on something that's hyper focusing you. Mm -hmm. And, I, I personally think that that's a huge problem within putting these kids on a drug and then expect them to go out when they get a little older, it's teenagers, and not try to replicate that in some other way. 
Yeah, that's a moral you know, quandary. I mean, I'm not I personally see I'm not having kids. Well, that's <laughs> no, in the, general, but that's but that's, I'm that's, on that's it. yeah. I'm on a I'm on ADD meds. Yeah. I love them. They yeah, help me so much. <laughs> <laughs> right, but then so they help me. So I know people that are in recovery uh-huh. that won't take anything because yeah. of, because of of what that does to you. You, you got to take it. I mean, the rule in the recovery community that I'm in is. You have to be prescribed it, and sure, you have to course. take it as prescribed. Right, of course. And if you break either of those little rules, then it's a relapse. Sure. Right. So that's just what I abide by. I mean, but. there's something about it that, here's the thing. I, I get the whole pill, but I'm a big firm believer that, listen, I didn't start using, utilizing any kind of prescribed medications until, was it, three years ago? But I am somebody that knows how I was prior mm-hmm. to these things so if I can take a pill and feel better and yes do I know that I'm happier do I know this is as simple as it is I've been on Lexpro for three years yeah my road rage is non-existent anymore oh really. that's great it was you're just waving people past you it was on Lexpro just for road rage <laughs> yeah. I mean just in general that's well, his diagnosis to be honest chart. with you do you know what it was it was I but I would be on the phone and I would be angry. I remember I used to fucking yell at my old assistant, Colin. Mm. And there was a moment Poor that Colin. I was yelling so loud that my How's nose. Colin? He's probably good. Colin He's good. He's good. I wished him a happy birthday. It was a couple of days ago. Actually, I think it was the same day as your birthday. No. Something really? Like that. Something wow. like that. Well, anyway. But yeah, but there's something that I take a pill and I know that I'm better. That I can. But, I, but like you, you know what the the problem is yeah do you know what i mean mm-hmm. i think when you're at that age you don't know what it is you just want to be a kid you sure. just want to do you want to play video games you want to play with your friends or whatever you want to chase girls or guys or whatever it is that and then you, when you put that stupid pill in your in their system yeah it, it's 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 ridiculous i think we come to the point though when we're older and listen i'm in my late 30s now that you kind of realize okay yeah i need x y and z i've been taking zoloft for years really and i'm terrible about taking medicine terrible right right so i'll i'll go six days without taking my blood pressure medicine oh Oh, you gotta set an iphone reminder i you know i really should yeah and and then something will happen and i'll be like I, I better fucking start taking that medicine again. Yeah. It's, it's totally like your heart weird. stops me. <laughs> and then my heart will stop for a second. <laughs> and then I wake up. Yeah. Justin's very regimented. <laughs> yeah. So, you know, what, what, uh, what advice do you have to, you know, somebody out there that, you know, is dealing with these things that mm. has gone that extra step that has Googled it in, in the cognito mode. You know yeah. what I mean? That, you know, is writing the letter or is harming themselves in a way like maybe even cutting themselves. Yeah. Uh, I would say I can just speak to what has worked for me, which is to talk to someone. If you feel like you have anyone that you can trust in your life with that, uh, take the step uh, to open up about it and ask for help and ask for advice. And if you, if you don't, and you don't feel comfortable doing that, or like you have someone doing that, I, I, I would recommend the Trevor lifeline, mm. which is, a it's a, it's specifically for like LGBTQ youth, but it's available to anyone who's struggling with like suicidal ideation. Um, and you can Google it. Um, or there are other hotlines if you, you know, at the national suicide hotline and, and there are people available to talk to you. And also if, I mean, it's hard, you kind of need health insurance most of the time, but the inpatient treatment really helped me a lot. So good. Um, I mean, I don't care. We're going to fucking segue into this right now. Uh, Justin, we always talk about our closers. What the best thing we ate this week was. Oh, God. And it can't be a guy well, first named of all, Jim. It was, yeah, Dick. Yeah. <laughs> Eight of them. 1.25 a day. Yep. What was the best thing that you ate this week? The best thing that I ate this week? Yeah. Um, oh, didn't somebody make a steak? Oh yeah, my roommate made me steak. Nice. Let's say that. Yeah, yeah that was really nice. He cooked, he cooked me a late birthday steak. Yeah, in the oven. I was actually at a Ooh. hookup. This is true, a grinder hookup, and we hadn't started hooking up yet. 
And he texted me that the steak was ready. And I said, sorry, my roommate's steak is ready. And I left. <laughs> I left. I put my clothes back on and left. Wow. And ran home. <laughs> ran home. Because bros before other bros. <laughs> They're hoes. It's fine. They're hoes. Ho he was a hoe. He was a hoe. Uh, what was the best thing you ate this week, Greg? Oh, man. I... So this has been a 10, not 10 days, but yeah, a solid week of barbecue. Really? So this new barbecue place opened up in our town and it's been impossible to get into. So I went there at four o'clock the second they opened and I'm like, I just need to eat every single thing you have in here. <laughs> so I ordered $150 worth of barbecue food. Hell yeah. <laughs> right. Every, all by kinds yourself? of shit. No, 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 no. The, well, basically by myself because nobody else ate it, but then I took it home <laughs> and I, I rarely drink. Rarely. Mm-hmm. Something's get me to, to drink. And there was this one beer on the, the beer menu that I knew if I just said it, it was going to like, something was going to happen. So the waitress comes over and I look her dead in the eyes and I go, it's complicated being a wizard. Is <laughs> <laughs> that the name of the beer? Right. That's oh. the name of the beer. Wow. Right? The name of the beer. And, she's like, and she literally goes, all right. And oh I was God. with my wife. And she literally she's compl- went white as a ghost. And she's like, did you just have a stroke? <laughs> like, oh what my the God. fuck just happened to you? And I'm like, no, it's there. And she, everybody lost it. Amazing. Like, it was, it was, but anyway, that was, I took a rack of ribs home, which were unbelievable. Wow. Like, off the bone. I mean, just insane. Uh, jalapeno and cheese stuffed smoked sausage. Oh, shit. Lean brisket. Oof. Oh, uh, see, I like a little fat cap smoked, on mine. Cor- smoked, uh, smoked, um, Wings? turkey. Oh, legs? Uh, yep, and I had smoked wings. <sighs> you know I love and a turkey leg. Yeah, loves a turkey leg. I love a turkey leg. I yeah. love a turkey leg. So then I, you know, we ate that for like three days, and I was on this barbecue fix, and then have you heard of the chain Mission Barbecue? Yeah, of course. You have? Not. Yeah, chain, I, I, it's usually actually, it's past the Mason-Dixon line. I can only get it when I'm in like Baltimore, Maryland area. Well, now you can get it up in Connecticut. Oh, really? They opened one up, and pound for pound that is as good barbecue as i think you could find that's not like a real smokehouse got it and i went there twice in the last week well i will say this you um, better take that blood pressure medication (laughs) no i've been on it set that iphone timer well we've got a lot here's the thing um i will be up in um wonderful connecticut april 20th and 21st i will be live over at bj ryan's for the start of our Connecticut Comedy Contest. And when this comes out, that will have taken place. Oh, God. Oh, okay. All right. <laughs> <laughs> so John will have been in Connecticut awesome. on the 20th or 21st. Never April. mind then. Okay, I can't even plug those. And notes. our winner is yeah. fill in the blank. Yeah. Uh, so I can't even plug that. So this is coming out next week? No, uh, in May. In May. All right. We are on a brief hiatus. We are? Yeah. Can we get this out sooner? Okay. We're going to get it out sooner. Let's get it out on like... Monday. Sure. Yes, my master. We're going to put this out on Monday. Okay. So, yes, I will be at the Connecticut Comedy Contest with Justin Randall April later, 20th. Later Woo-hoo. this week. Later this week. Um, okay. Come out to BJ Ryan's, guys. Come hang out with me. Greg, you're going to be there, right? Of course. So, are we going to Mission Barbecue? We're going to try, are we going to try this other place? Oh, if you can get there early, we'll go to the new place. Oh, so you want to go there early? We'll get there around four? Sure. Perfect. So we're going to do barbecue that day. We'll do some videos of it um, on our Instagram live so everybody can see what it looks like. We have eaten uh, thin crust pizza with you, Greg. So now the barbecue is yeah. the next step. Yeah. All right. Well, I'm excited for this. Well, we got those great shows, the 20th and 21st at BJ Ryan's, as well as the 27th and 28th. Yep. And then uh, are we going to be back at the stand soon? 26th, 26th Tuesday the 26th stand and we got some other things too don't we uh, we got Eastville coming in June June uh-huh. the comedy shop in Greenwich Village New York City coming uh-huh. in and end the, of May June and Laugh Boston right but the the Elbow Room in Hartford, Connecticut yeah. in July. Wow. We've got a lot of different things coming up. And we're oh, and Laugh Boston. Two shows in Laugh Boston, Laugh May Boston. 22nd. And we're going to be bringing uh, Justin Randall up to Laugh Boston, and, hopefully very soon in and, the near future. Yes. Lots of lots of Laugh Boston. Got a lot. We've got a lot of stuff. You can go and you can give Justin a hug yourself. Yes. Um, but Justin, where can everybody find you on social media? Uh, if you're not already, I'm, if you're listening to this podcast, you're probably already follow him on social media. That's, yeah. But tell your friends. Ask. <laughs> I'm Justin Randall. 
<laughs> on all, on all the things. And then follow you on your, uh, you also have a website and an email list. Yeah, the website is I'm Justin Randall. You can sign up for the email list right there. And that on, shows all the tour dates homepage. and everything like that. Yeah, I'll be sending out emails with updates. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. What's the Venmo? <laughs> the Venmo is also at, <laughs> I, I, guess, yeah, I keep it uniform. Keep it simple. Uh, guys, follow us as well. Greg, uh, congratulations on getting your account back. Oh, my God. What a fucking fiasco. Oh, God. You can find him at uh, Greg Alicious. No, 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 no. Just no? straight Greg Alperin. Greg uh, Alicious is getting buried. All right. So Greg Alperin uh, is going to be finally. Yep. Is that it? That's all right. Uh, follow me at Boramayo, B-O-R-E-A-M-A-Y-O on all platforms. And obviously, guys, go ahead and check out our website uh, somewhat-damage.com yes for all of our tour dates uh, but guys thanks so much and uh, next time hopefully we'll chase with us potentially coming soon sponsored by Blue Chew oh wow Ooh, really give me some of that like every other fucking podcast oh my gosh, unbelievable thank you Andrew Schultz <laughs> guys we'll see you next time on the podcast peace